0: find your voice because that is really what is going to set you aside to start off with it drives wives wicked it makes such a golden brown pie it must be lots of fun to be a mother i've got something to apologize for i wore my good suit because it was plain and neat afraid of not knowing what is proper this yellow fluffo is such a short Hi, I'm
1: Susan Osman, and this is Been There, Done That, a show about women who are shaping our world. They're not just striving, but thriving. Experienced, smart women who are redefining what it means to be a woman in the workplace.
0: You know I can't work without a good breakfast. All
1: right, class, stop typing, please.
0: All right, class, stop typing.
1: This week, I talked to one of these women, Annabelle Jankel. She's a British film and television director who first came to prominence as a music video director and the co-creator of the pioneering cyber character Max Hedrum. She co-directed Super Mario Brothers and her recent film, Tell It to the Bees, premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. Hi, Annabelle. Hello, Susan. Now, Annabelle, I get the distinct impression that music has played a major role in your
0: career. Am I right? Oh, my God, massively. I think if there's one thing that really sort of underpins everything in life, it's music and therefore in film as well. Of course, there are films that don't have any soundtracks and that's just as legitimate but I do love the, the whole uh, aspect of involving music. And in fact, one of my most favourite things that I did was a TV series called Live from Abbey Road, which was um, showcasing, you know, many artists um, and, and shooting them live. Where does your musicality come from? Well, there, were no, there was no music. Um, in, in directly in my family, my my parents were particularly musical. I mean, the only records I think they had was um, Frank Sinatra and a couple of old operas. But um, my brother Chaz Jankel, who was a, a member of or is a member of the the Blockheads, it was Ian doing the Blockheads, fantastic seminal band of the yeah. 1970s. Uh, Um, he was sort of really in a way, my, my guide, you know, because I didn't have pocket money enough to buy music. So I just listened to, to, to what he had playing. And, um, so that was my kind of intro to it. And he was very into sort of black music and funk and Sly the Family Stone and, um, Sam and Dave and Howlin' Wolf and people like that and that led me to going to the very famous thing that happened at the Roundhouse in the 70s called Implosion on a Sunday afternoon at two which was great because it wasn't a nightclub but it was like being in a nightclub and that was where I used to see incredible bands like Pink Floyd and Johnny Winter and T-Rex, who were known as Tyrannosaurus Rex then. So music really sort of was the kind of, you know, was a kind of a very much a, a a solid foundation to my to my next sort of foray into into film. You actually started your I mean you did you've
1: done a ton of stuff and I mean we haven't got time to mention all of it, but one of the things that you did, you did a music video in the 1970s of Elvis Costello's accidents will, will happen. And it was one of thirty-five videos selected for the Museum of Modern Art's prestigious Golden Oldies of Music Video Exhibition. So, is that where you learnt to direct? To direct, you sort of cut your teeth on on music
0: videos. Well, that's a very good that's a very good question because actually, no. Um, uh, yes, the the it was selected. It was nineteen seventy-eight. Actually, that um, that we made that music video. And it was in those days; they didn't even have names like music videos. They were sort of pop promos or pop videos. It's only sort of more recently they became to be known as music videos, and that's probably because of music television, MTV, sort of you know kind of molded it into having a, a its own identity. But I would say that I really had my first kind of you know sort of foray into directing was being an animator you know doing commercials and then and then that for and that sort of segued into title sequences and did title sequences for the tube which was a tv show in the in the um, early 80s and so that was really the you know kind of shaped my my thinking and approach and understanding of it, of creating something which was more than just a series of images but had some, you know, connecting tissue. How interesting.
1: I remember when your cyber character Max Hedrum came into being. I was actually a, a very young newsreader at the time. <laughs> and I remember people teasing me and saying, oh, that's the future of uh, television presenters. Max is going to elbow you out. When you when you created Max Hedrum, um. What did you have in your mind? How did you come about conceiving him? Was it a kind of a continuation of the animation theme that you were just talking about? It it didn't start off as a
0: as a live action um, story or character or anything really. It started off with a um, Channel Four was was in its infancy. In fact, it was sort of embryonic, and Channel Four was um, sort of like just beginning to platform its. It's it's programming and didn't really have very much money. One of the things they came up with is well, we you know music videos or pop promos they were called then uh, are free to us because they are essentially um, you know um, promotion, literally pop promos for the record companies, and so we were approached by um, a record company to string together essentially. Pop promos um with something that would, some, would would somehow extend into a thirty minute music programming show and and because um the company that I had at the time cucumber studios we were known for animation and graphics and um computer early computer graphics at that point was um you know was sort of a natural choice to go to to you know, put these things together, and so that was the that was the embryonic start. I have to excuse me, but the two dogs are actually having a little fight.
1: <laughs> I thought you let an elephant into the room or something. <laughs> so, how did you then go, Annabelle, from being a film music video director animator into the movie business? Well, it was Max Hedrum,
0: in fact, because once. Um, we had mapped out the idea of having a TV host to to sync the to to segue between these music videos. It became obvious that this character, this host, um, we would get really into sort you of know, like just spitballing the ideas and the storylines of where he did he come from. Before we knew it, we had a long um we had we'd had a lot of meetings. George Stone, Rocky Morton and myself, of uh, discussing the storyline and sort of coming up with um, something that would really, you know, became more of a, of, a, of a movie than it did stringing together music. And this is what we really wanted to do. We really wanted to do film and TV. And so this seemed like the perfect opportunity to try and convince um, the backers that rather than just having a TV um, music video show strung together with this interesting TV host, um, that we were sort of beginning to, 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 to sort of formulate how he would be, why don't we introduce this character with a, with a movie? And so George Stone um, and, and Rock Morton and I mapped out the storyline, George with the the major beats and um with that once we once we had that under our sort of belt really we had much more we had much more leverage to really develop the character in, in a way that would serve not only the 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 show as a as a link between the music videos but would provide us with the opportunity to become live action directors
1: I said in the introduction that your latest film, Tell It to the Bees, premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, As you know, it's a love story, a same-sex love story. Uh, It's a wonderful film. And I I would say, I know you're very modest, it's probably now established you as a female director in in a very small field of female directors.
0: How do you feel about that? Well, I'm really glad it's expanding rapidly. I mean, you know, when I first started, there was, you know, there were really only some European female directors on the, on the scene and there was Catherine Bigelow in the U.S. And, but, of course, now there's some incredible um, women directors that have just, you know, that, that have been able to flourish. But it hasn't really been, um, you know, it's really only been the last Probably ten fifteen years, so i'm feeling very i'm really feeling i mean i'm psyched about it it's great it's a whole different perspective obviously the female gaze and it's uh it's incredibly it's much it's a very unique and new vision and i i'm you know i think it's absolutely it's a
1: wonderful thing why do you think it's taken so long annabelle for female directors to become established and acknowledged within the movie industry?
0: Well, I think it's the same as in any industry, you know. The, um, you know so, long as, so long as we're kept at home, you know, doing the ironing, um, you know, then we, we're not going to undermine it, it, the, the patriarchy. We've got to be
1: kept in our place, haven't we? So who encouraged you, Annabelle, to abandon the ironing?
0: My mother, I think, probably. My mother was amazing. She was very non-judgmental. She wanted to go to drama school. She wasn't allowed because drama school was full of, you know, weirdos back in those days, as far as my grandparents were concerned. So then she said, well, what about art school? Oh, no, art school is full of beatniks or whatever the expression was. So she ended up, you know, doing what so many kind of middle class upper middle class girls were supposed to do, go off to secretarial college. And I think she was very frustrated as a, you know, she was happy as a as a homemaker. I mean, housewife in those days is what they were called, wives of the house. Um, but she got into painting a little bit later when I was in my, you know, kind of early teens, I guess. And she could see that I wanted to have a career in art and drama and she was very, very encouraging and, you know, whereas, whereas it, was, it, was, it was sort of a, a fait accompli, really, that I would be encouraged to go to art school or film school or drama school. At that point, it was a, you know, it was, sort of, it was under discussion.
1: Now you you spend your time Annabelle between l a and London I know you're probably more in l a than London which of the two places do you feel is more embracing of female talent in other words which of the which of the two is the least prejudicial against
0: females you know that's a such a broad question um interestingly i've you know in my more recent past i've most all my work, most of my work has been out of the the UK but i would say that the us is far more welcoming of new talent you know gender aside so i would say generally the us is a is a is a place where that embraces any opportunity really to maximize anybody's talents to the to the full um, whereas I think the UK is far more um, insular and cautious about l- letting, you know, outsiders in. Um, when when we had done Max Hedrum, you know, and it was shown on Channel Four, and it was a fantastic success. Um, there was. No opportunities for us in the UK, even though actually I have to say at the time we were given the opportunity to, to develop another film for Channel 4, we could not get an agent or representation. But when we came to the US, it was a very different matter altogether. It was like we're being welcomed with open arms. So I would say that it's definitely the US that likes, um, you know, likes the new kids on the block.
1: I, I was getting
0: yeah. How interesting!
1: Very interesting. So, do you think that really, if someone listening to this who has a burgeoning talent and, and wants to be a, a director and is female needs to 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 move to LA if they they want to see it executed?
0: That's. I don't. I don't think that's the case these days. I think that you know because there's so many more outlets and opportunities for people to show their work, you know, because of um, the internet. I think that it's, I think that, you know, you have kind of pretty much, uh, you know, kind of planetary exposure. So I wouldn't say you would have to go to those lengths of having to come to the US. That's not the case. I think what is more important is that you explore your own work as as much as you possibly can and it will find its own um niche and it will find its own, own natural home but but you know no reason why you shouldn't come to the u.s if you can get on a plane and hawk your wares uh, uh, and the hashtag me too movement which of course started in the
1: u.s has how, how has that developed and has that helped you uh being a being a woman in the movie industry
0: no, I would say not. Um, it's not. It's not that specific. I think that you know. I think the very last thing that's on people's minds when they're hiring directors or talent, uh, for, um, for for work, despite the um, you know the efforts to be much more inclusive, which has become very much more prevalent this last two or three years, I would say. Um, I would say the hashtag Me Too thing is just part and parcel of the landscape, really. And what about your
1: personal journey through the, the, uh, the, the male forays of the industry? Have you come across sexual harassment or experienced any prejudice?
0: Um, no, I actually, maybe I'm oblivious. You know, that's very possible, the, possibly the case, but I... I only came across, um, it wasn't so much sexual harassment, but I did come up, have come across discrimination. I mean, obviously, you know, it's probably not overt, but it is, you know, to me, it hasn't been as overt as, you know, so that I'd be able to point a finger at it. But the fact that it's so hard to as a, as a woman to get hired, or it has been in the past, I would say that, yes, innately, there is discrimination and has been, you know, throughout my um life as a filmmaker you know it's always yeah. even hard for me to say career because i don't even think of it as a career i've think, I've thought of it as a sort of as, as, a, as a journey in you know in in film and and various media but um you know I, i'm quite hundred percent sure in my heart of hearts that the um that any any male director that had had my um you know kind of beginnings would be you know well ahead of the game what have been your biggest challenges then i think i think the biggest challenge is 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 just trying to get films together you know i mean it's biggest it's a it's a big challenge for absolutely anybody but of course um, until recently, you know, sort of adding the female aspect into it as a director, you know, is is sort of like almost the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's so hard to put a film together. Um, so I would say that that's, that is probably the biggest challenge. One of the other huge challenges, which is something that kind of leads me into a different area of conversation altogether, is that I think that one of the cha- you know, big challenges as a as a filmmaker, regardless of being um, a woman, but especially if you 're a woman, is you need to have your your special person with you and if you're as a director, you need to have a producer and that 's something that i 've discovered um, along the way that if you know and it 's something that I would always sort of advise young younger female filmmakers, or all filmmakers really, is that you do need to have somebody to fly your flag.
1: So so what keeps you going, Annabelle? What gets you up in the morning?:
0: <laughs> Well, a good cup of coffee, <laughs> of course.. Um... You know, the thing is, is that if you're a filmmaker or an artist in any capacity, you've got things going on inside your head the whole time. It's a creative process. And especially if you're an independent filmmaker and don't have a real job, nine to five, you know, that's that's what you have to deal with, what's going on inside your head. So for me, I have to get what's inside my head outside my head in some form, either writing or drawing or um, researching or just sitting and thinking, and occasional meditate. Um, so that's that's what gets me up in the morning. and besides the fact that I have my various projects that I really want to you know inch forward incrementally, what what are you inching forward at the moment? Well, well, uh, you know a few different um, f- feature projects. And can't really go into them in any much detail, but, you know, they're, they're all at various stages of development. And, you know, you know, the kind of famous expression, they're all in development hell. You yeah. know, sometimes they're in development heaven because it all starts to come together, you know, and, and, and you know, you make headway, whether it's, whether it's the kind of more practical side of involving financiers wow. or whether it's the more creative side of just, you know, kind of cracking a problem. So what what would you
1: say to any female listening to this who's considering embarking on a on a career
0: in the in the movie or, or film business? Well, firstly, I would say find your voice. And because that is really what is going to set you aside to start off with. You know, the very first film that you do, or the very first um, script that you start to write with, find the people that will become your your team along the way. And specifically, as I said before. Find yourself a producer or a co writer or somebody that's going to be your, you start to begin, become the sort of like the support system that you're going to need. Because it's a very lonesome endeavor being a female film director.
1: Annabelle, thank you so much for talking to me. You're very welcome. It was wonderful. I can definitely say that you've been there, done that. Thank you for listening to Been There, Done That with me, Susan Osman. Visit us on btdtshow.com for more interviews with Dynamic Women. And I'd love to hear from you as well. So please leave us a review and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: These are words of respect.
1: How can you tell when you're really in love? And look how flaky it is. The girls weigh each portion of food they select. The Bean There, Done That show is brought to you by Dan Hall at Pup Media Consultancy.
0: We can still have a lot of fun, can't we? Your
1: manners are showing. I'm
0: the prince. Mabel loves cooking and does it well.
1: Overweight makes an individual undesirable.
0: Lovely stockings. And you think that's all that matters?